You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. I, Pogues, I have some, I have some news for you. Oh, is it, did you invent a time machine? You can go back and stop me from watching this movie? No, your father was an international assassin, and you are going to be joining our sorority of assassins, and what I wanted to tell you was um, that we get our targets from, uh, I think it's just like, it's one of those ticket-taking things at the deli counter, you know, we take a Oh, okay. <laughs> and you take, like, a certain amount of numbers, and then we check this, like, decoder ring, and then we know we need to murder a guy. It's usually names we've never heard of, but, you know, we figure it out. It's, it sounds you, like you, a good, I, now, do you, do you have somebody watching it all the time? Because it never yeah. stops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course we do. His, <laughs> yeah, his name's Morgan Freeman. Which does um, not always watch it. We'll get to that later when we talk about one of the stupidest reveals in this fucking movie. Yeah, if you're wondering what the fuck I'm talking about and you're tuning in this episode, welcome to the the Not Another Origin Story for Wanted, an episode where Pogues and I are just getting started and we're already a little keyed up. <laughs> yeah, before we started recording, I told Ben I was legitimately mad. Like, I, I, I was so mad that when I finished watching this movie at 1 a.m. last night, I sent him a text knowing he was probably in bed, or at the very least with his wife, to say, what the fuck? <laughs> like, why did you pick this movie? Yeah, uh, I received a text officially at at twelve forty at night. Um, a, a text that my my wife rightfully questioned, uh, and it says, "I can't believe that this is a movie. The ending line is one of the worst things I've ever seen." <laughs> my final so, note in my notes says, "Whoever wrote this last line should be ashamed of themselves." We're of course referring to the uh, two thousand and eight eight film Wanted, based on a comic book by Mark Millar. Um, sometimes loosely, known at, loosely sometimes based. known as the monster energy drink of directors or of, of comic book writers. Um, Jesus Christ. So if you missed the minisode, here's the short version. I read the wanted book back in the day. I remember it pretty, pretty well because I kind of liked a ton out of it, mostly around the superhero elements, parts that aren't in this film. Yes. The parts that weren't <laughs> translated to the film based on it. One might say the plot of the comic. So I remember not liking the movie, but I was excited to do it because I remember thinking maybe I just maybe I'll find the movie like uh, stupidly hilarious. Well, get ready for an episode here, folks, because this movie's some fucking trash. I mean, it's it is it's a, oh, it is aggressively bad. And I want to be clear here: I'm the optimist in this little <laughs> duo here. You know, like Pogues is over here, like late night host, mad at everything, and I'm I'm his like uh, what's the what's the band leader's name? It's Paul Rubens, I think. Uh, Paul uh, Schaefer. Paul, I'm, I'm as Paul Schaefer. Uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just here to like, like, oh well, it's not so bad there, folks. Um, that's my job, and um, tonight I'm not doing that. I just want to be clear. Well, his, you're going to be saying it's only, it's only really bad, not you know, a hate crime like you think it is. Because because I just finished the second half of the movie, which they could not finish it in one sitting, of this like almost two hour film that seems to be really obsessed with the word fuck and also trains for some reason yes trains and people awkwardly saying the f word in a british actor actor who went to one and a half days of learning what an american accent sounds like if i told you that a uh james mcavoy uh angelina jolie uh, film about an assassin took place about 60% of the time on a train of some kind, would you believe me? Yes, like, <laughs> but I would assume that the train had an integral part of the movie and was not just them running on it. I think people on a train 
takes up more time in this movie than in uh, Snowpiercer. I think it does. Like, I think there's more train in this movie than Snowpiercer, which is just, it's just, all right, well, enough of that. Let's, let's talk to you about this movie. In case you're unfamiliar with the concept, uh, the source material I actually have right here in front of me, because I reread the comic after rewatching the movie. The comic is a, is a to, to summarize it very briefly, is a story of a, a man with a boring office job and a pretty disappointing life full of anxiety and depression, who discovers that he's actually the son of a famous supervillain. Supervillains that were, have become so successful at being supervillains that they have actually killed and eradicated the world of superheroes. In fact, side to the post, I didn't mention this in the minisode, in the comic, they've actually sort of, you know, using powers like rewrite reality have haven't just erased superheroes from history but have changed the reality to the fact that superheroes that once existed are now just formal former members of a tv show they, they distinctively hint that what was once a wonder woman like character now only believes that she was the tv star of a wonder woman television series which is like kind of a fun idea right yeah like that's pretty fun that's a little, little meta um, as they go into the, the book, you know, over the course of a number of issues that say fuck too much, and I discovered, say, the word faggot a lot, and it made me deeply uncomfortable. Like, I thought, it wasn't just like once or twice, I mean, they almost nicknamed the character with it, who, in case you missed the minisode as well, also is drawn to look exactly like Eminem. Uh, Which feels right? <laughs> like that's, that's in his wheelhouse. There is some similarities to the movie in that, you know, his father's an assassin, there's a fraternity of evil people, and he's part of it, and then there's sort of a takeover attempt, and he sort of stops it and becomes sort of the de facto leader of this new group. That that very, very highline thread manages to stay through this movie. Um, but, Pose, you want to share some of the differences that uh, you might have noticed? Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess let me just pick, let me pick, like, I don't know, I'll just pick a small one off the top of my head. Uh, there's no supervillains or superheroes in this entire movie, and everyone's just a gun assassin. <laughs> everyone's a gun assassin who, um, like... Except for know, one learned, fat guy who's a knife assassin. Who learned to, like, bend bullets, and then that became, like, that's the whole movie. That's it. Trains and, like, bullet bending, which is never done to even any relatively cool effect in this movie, is No, it? it's always done really dumb, because it's well, kind of dumb. Like, he assassinates the guy in the most complicated way possible with the bullet bending. He, he then attempts to shoot the guy that he believes killed his father. And that bullet bending sequence, they would do it like four or five times. And every time they do it, the bullets hit midair, which is just boring when that happens yeah repeatedly. and it happens like four times in a row. So like uh. after the second time, you're like, yeah, I got it. And then like there's a twist in this movie, which is to use the word twist is very generous like this is like late latter day m night Shyamalan bad twist but to properly get into this i wanted to open with something i just discovered which was um a couple of just quick lines from some reviews that i found of this movie um i'll start with my second favorite which is from the uh the austin chronicle that said if maxim magazine ever decides to branch out into filmmaking wanted is just the kind of ear throttling nonsense it's bound to produce pretty good i would agree but nothing beat peter bradshaw of the guardian who said that the film looks like as if it had been written by a committee of 13 year olds for whom penetrative sex is still only a rumor <laughs> i mean that's uh <laughs> that's something you don't read in a review very often but i feel like the most accurate description you could come up with for this film 
Yeah. It it is uh oh, god, it's so bad. It's 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 almost as if if you could like say um record what kids would say during a call of duty match like middle school kids say would say to each other during a call of duty match and then just sort of throw all those words into like an algorithm that would then spit them out into a script you would get the script to want it um which is just like i imagine just like i i, I imagine the, the the script writer for this movie just in crayon writing and then like and then angelina jolie gets out of the hot tub and like her butt is there and it's just in guys like fucking butts like it's so cool and then he does like a cartwheel and says fuck you in the dick and then shoots a guy in the dick that is like what this movie is like watching <laughs> like, so actually it's... i think actually like four things that those that you just said actually happened Dude, I, I wasn't it, oh, it man, is brain, it is brain. so bad and the movie like when it started i was expecting I, i've seen like five minutes of this on tv and i remember being like yeah. wow this seems like a really dumb movie and i remember having yeah. no interest in seeing it when it came out this movie starts, and this guy is, like, going over his life being miserable, working in, like, a dead-end cubicle job. And all I thought was, was, like, wow, this is, like, somebody saw Fight Club in, like, a airport, like, one of those airport VIP bars where they could only kind of tell what was happening and was, like... I should write a movie like that. The oh whole opening is so much like the Fight Club opening where he's talking it about is. how terrible his life is, how he buys possessions because he they, they fill the void in his life, except for it's written by somebody who has no talent for what writing whatsoever. It, it is a dollar store Fight Club. Yeah, it is literally like somebody trying to explain <laughs> to somebody else how Fight Club begins without actually using any of the words from the beginning of Fight Club. And I love as he's sitting in his office job with his like comically overweight boss like snapping a stapler in his face. He googles his own name and nothing comes up. I'm like, what? Which that, is that his bug- name is that bothered me. Yeah, that when that happened, Deeply. I was like, all right, fuck you. This is 2008. His name is Webs- Les- Wes- Wesley Gibson. It's not like his name is like Schmerpeter. You know what I mean? It's like there's one other Wesley Gibson. <laughs> Facebook yeah. has been around long enough that the first result would say Wesley Gibson Facebook profiles. It's not how the internet works, guys. Just because you're but, insignificant doesn't mean no one else with your name exists. But Pokes, what if his name was Quizbit Schmerpeter? Uh, like that be that would be pretty good though. That's a pretty good bit. Yeah, that, that would have been way better than the bit we got. <laughs> Life is pretty hard for me, quiz bit, Sherma Bump. Yeah. But, uh... <laughs> Grade school was rough. <laughs> I, I also want to point out here, folks, because this is the perfect opportunity to say it, I can Google my own name, and while the results on the first page don't pertain to me, the guy recording this podcast, they're pretty bad. Did you know that? What do you um, mean they're pretty bad? If you Google my name, Ben Chapman... The, I think it's either the first or second result is literally whatever happened to Ben Chapman, comma, the racist. <laughs> Are you sure that's that not about you? That is a true story because the, the, the owner, I think, I think it was the coach of the Phillies in like the 1920s who didn't want Jackie Robinson to play. Oh, was named Ben fa- Chapman, huh? Famously catcalled him throughout an entire game and then was later depicted by Alan Tudyk in the movie 42. Uh, about Jackie Robinson, his name was Ben fucking Chapman. And the other result is that the guy who was in the um, in the suit in Creature from the Black Lagoon is also famously named Ben Chapman. So two monsters come up when you Google my name is basically what I'm getting at here. <laughs> oh, well, let me just tell you who's way more famous than you. 
you search for my real name, you come up with a guy who was twice on American Idol as a contestant that lost <laughs> and did a stint on One Life to Live and All My Children Suck It. But, Jesus Christ, Pokes, I've got some, um, I've got some bad news for you on the, the remainder of this episode. Are you ready? Okay. Do you know where, um, do you know where a predominant amount of this movie was filmed? Uh, I assume, like, some country where, like, life is cheap and they don't actually care what happens in the film? Nope. Well, the, the castle where the assassins do take place apparently takes place in Prague. It was filmed in Prague. But I'd say about 80% of this movie was filmed in Chicago. Oh, that's why it looked like such a shithole? That's why it looked like such a shithole. That's why that L train is just constantly in every fucking shot. It's in every shot. I couldn't believe it. We don't have that many. We've got, like, six lines that are above ground. The rest of them are kind of underground. And they're all over this. It's, it's ridiculous. But um, I recognize that because uh, the house where he actually lives in the beginning of the movie, and then where later we discover his father apparently, like, lived in Oh, my God, it's your house? Uh, no, that would be weird. Um, it's actually adjacent, like, pretty much around the corner from where I buy my comic books. Oh, wow. Isn't that kind of like a weird, Are you like, going to go matching... get your picture taken in front of it? Like, I... ask, ask the guy if you can sit in a chair and have him take a picture of you with a comically large rifle? I will absolutely do that for this podcast. <laughs> You're just going to knock on the door and be like, excuse me, sir, have you ever seen the movie Wanted? Like, fuck you! I've, I've, I guarantee you that has happened, because I know people walk around taking pictures of the Batman Dark Knight-like scenes, but um, I will say that there's... That's cute you think were... people care that much about this movie. <laughs> yeah, right? There's parts of this movie where I was, like, watching it, angry that I was watching it, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, that's where you get tacos. Like, I just saw, like, a, a street downtown with him, like, bloodied and, like, stumbling past an ATM. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've used an ATM before. <laughs> it's weird. It's a weird feeling. It would um, make me feel terrible, because I'd be like, oh, my God, could I exist in a world where this is real life? And if so, I need to just check out now. Okay, so as... As, as we get into it, uh, I want to point out a few things that are still the same from the comic in this movie. The title? One is the, and, these are, and I'm going to stick with the things that are actually cool that translated from the, the uh, comic to the movie, of which the list will be short. Uh, but one that I liked was the multi-stage sniper bullet. That was a, that's a fun concept, right? The yeah. bullet that like, has like a NASA rocket stage, basically. Yeah, yeah, not really sure what the fuck that would do. Sure. Don't don't soup don't super apply too much physics to that, but that's also yeah, I like that the bullet also has like a tribal tattoo. So the beginning of the comic does in fact yeah I know the beginning of the comic does in fact that, that seems that seems to really speak about what this movie is yeah. the <laughs> tattoo on it. I'm Jesus. surprised the bullet should have just said no fear. But the beginning is in fact yes the killer uh, who looks like Marlon Brando in the comic actually um is the killer being uh shot by a uh by a bullet from like uh from like miles away um uh which is from like two cities away which is like a fun concept um but also i missed the fact that in the the movie the 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 killer his father um is like some mumble-mouthed like guy doing a marlon brando impression i think like yeah, no, i couldn't the understand rest of the comic making everybody look like famous people he shows up and he's like inspecting whether this bullet to find out whether this bullet was made or something like that. And he delivers the silliest fucking like lines. I couldn't hear him. He had this like mouthful of marbles. And then I realized that he probably saw the character in the comic and thinking, I gotta, I gotta look and sound like Marlon Brando. I think he was maybe just embarrassed and was trying to disguise his voice so that no one would know it was him. 
What I miss is that in the comic, the killer is attempting uh, to have a threesome with two men, um, saying that he's on a bit of like a sexual safari, which is like way cooler than him just sort of being in an office. Well, the thing that (laughs) I loved is in that scene, he goes down this office to this woman who is some sort of, I assume, a member of the fraternity. Yeah. Which is already a strike against it being called that. But uh, he goes down there. She has an office where her office is full of, like, wardrobe. Like, you would have, like, on a play. Like, just, like, racks of clothing that don't match. And then she has, like, all this weird, like, Indian and African art behind her. And then she's just sitting in front of a giant window. And I'm like, wait, I don't understand. Who are you? And then, like, she gets shot. And I'm like, why were you in a room with a giant window? (laughs) Like, if you know that... Something could be happening that somebody's hunting down people in your fraternity. Maybe don't stand in front of a gigantic glass window on top of a building. And some regular fuckers just shoot her. And then we get the scene, which this, this, I I could not figure this out at all. So this guy runs away comically fast. He's knocking people, like he runs away. For some reason, these people don't try to shoot him at all. They just watch him run away. He runs down this hallway. Then he gets in the elevator and uses superpowers to run extremely fast. So fast he's like knocking people over with the speed. Like he's like Quicksilver in uh, Days of Future Past. He jumps through this window, which is this terrible special effect of like the glass sticking to his face as he shoots people. He then misses the whole... The, he kills three of the people, but not the last guy. He doesn't make it all the way to the building and falls in like two stories down. And then gets... And it's just all of a sudden behind the guy and kills him. And I'm like, okay, this is really weird. So all these people have superpowers? No. That's the only time, really, anyone does anything that's all that superhuman is this guy jumping across. I mean, we're talking two buildings. Like, not like they're next to each other on a block. No, They're across the street from each other. The guy literally jumps 60 feet through a plate glass window. And And they later explain... They try to explain, like, what this whole thing is in a very midichlorian way, which is that some people, for some reason... Uh, are born with the ability to, like, their heart beats faster, and yeah, they It beats pumps, up like, to 400 beats per minute, or per it, second it pumps, or something. It pumps more adrenaline into their body, which is basically just, like, a like a poor man's crank plot line. Um, and and the, the, the intent here is that because their bodies are pumping with this adrenaline, that they can sort of think quicker and move faster, which is, like, I mean, fine. I, I'm sure some comic book somewhere in the history of time has said this very similar thing to explain why someone like Hawkeye can like do cartwheels and shoot bows and arrows or whatever. But yeah, that, that's fine. But this guy fine. is literally yeah, he, like a mutant. Like he has like yeah, superpowers, and he then nobody super else speed. does. He jumps through a plate glass window, which you would just hit that. Like he he would just go yes, flat uh, against in, that. in a skyscraper. Those yeah. windows are fucking super thick. It, it's and, just it was such an insane opening and then he gets shot from far away which is you know you're at least like oh, okay that's kind of cool that's something but at this point in the movie you have no clue what's going on yeah you don't then, really understand why you care about this person and the guy delivers a line which straight up tells you the plot of the movie and i guess they were just hoping nobody would be paying attention when he's talking but he, he says right at the beginning he's like he's breaking the code and then we find out he's in the fraternity, which has a code, and that they kill certain people. So it's like, oh, okay, gee, I wonder what the plot of this movie is. Like, I, I could not believe how much yeah. they telegraphed. It was like, yeah, I get it. Morgan Freeman's the bad guy. Sorry to spoil it for anybody who's listening. But it's so telegraphed that Morgan Freeman is clearly breaking the rules of the fraternity, and just no one else knows it. 
But I was like, this is so dumb. Because the plot you eventually find out as to what the fraternity does is so fucking stupid that you're just like, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't care. This makes no goddamn sense. They don't bother to explain it. It's just like, yeah, there's a loom. And it tells us who to kill. So to probably compare, like like I said, the comic book is dumb. Um, but it's dumb with with the occasional burst of, of good idea. In fact, the structure of it is actually t- tends to be, I, I find interesting, with so much immature, like, bad dialogue and, and like, shitty jokes that don't land that it doesn't really work. It ends up being kind of dumb. But the parts that I do enjoy, like I said, are the parts that omit it. Because by the end of the second issue of this book, we are done with this sort of, like, oh, we're a fraternity. Here's how you can become one of us. And they are going to the multiple, the, the multi-earths of this sort of pseudo-DC Marvel comic book world that they're sort of describing. They're going to the, these multiple earths and killing... These supervillains are, are, are killing the superheroes in those earths so that if there's ever, like, an infinite crisis where all the you know universes, like, collapse on each other, there's no one to fight them. Like, they're just exterminating the multiverse of supervillains, which is a cool idea yes it's but a very interesting i mean it's an interesting idea whether or not it's executed that well but sure of course exactly exactly and but this movie i mean i chimed it pokes we've got our tried and true uh half an hour to origin story so i would call since he's going to be he's being trained as being an assassin in this film that the orange is when he f- completes his first kill right mm-hmm well i marked the timestamp of that one that's at a, an hour and 10 minutes <laughs> It's so much training. It's hours and hours and of him. And it's the boringest training oh you've God. ever seen in your life. It's like training where you're just like, I don't care. And it's, it's like, like, what they, if... I, I don't know. They tried so hard with all like the things they're training him to make all these people seem like badasses. But none of them seem cool at all. Like, it just seems like a group full of douchebags. And none of them do anything. You never see any of them like on a mission. They never work together with each other except for... Um, Fox and, and Wesley go on one one sort of mission together where they attack uh, they attack who ends up being his dad, spoiler alert, on the train. Um, and that sequence is fine, I guess, but yeah, it's that's pretty... the only that's the only pure action you get. The rest of the time, characters like that you cast fucking Common in this movie to be the gunsmith, he doesn't do anything. He's one scene where he builds him like a pistol and says, "Here's a pistol, bend a bullet." I don't know how. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna he, leave the movie for a while. He could not be more worthless in that movie. I mean, he's just like completely pointless. And I could not figure out why he was in the movie. I was just like, I, did they just wanted they they were like, ooh shit, we gotta have another black person in here so it's not just Morgan Freeman because he what has happened? almost no lines. And yeah, then when he shows up, you're just like, movie. they're like, hey, here's the repairman and Mister X and the exterminator and the butcher uh, and the gunsmith. Like, isn't that cool? Um, I don't know why one of them's named Cross. Like, I don't know why he yeah. get a like, cool the name, uh, uh, or why your dad was just named whatever. <laughs> like, I, it's it's fucking silly. And then, yeah, the, you would think that with this setup, we'd have at least one scene as if like Avengers style, where all the assassins like work together on something. Yeah, it never something. happens. I, I feel like this was. I mean, this seems a little late for this trend, but there was a trend for a while to just put rappers in movies. Because they were like it, you know they've yeah. got an audience. So if we put them yeah. in the movie, people, their fans will come see the movie, and that feels like what this is, because he does 
nothing. Like, him and uh, the Butcher, who's... In, I don't know who the fuck plays the Butcher. I don't think he's anybody, like, particularly famous. Um, no, so unfamous he doesn't even have a picture on IMDb. And the one guy who plays the repairman is... Um, Mark Warren. Uh, yeah, the only thing I know him from is he's the guy in Band of Brothers who... Uh, Blythe. Yeah, who has shell shock? I guess he was in that show, Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell. If you watch that, the one about the the magicians, he was the bad guy. Which was fire so your weapon, Blythe. <laughs> exactly. Um, pour it on him. Uh, but yeah, uh, he doesn't. His only purpose is later to be shot in the face, so Wesley can pointlessly put his gun through his eye socket and shoot other people on the through other side. Head. Which I, I will say, in framing it that way, you, the listener who probably didn't watch this movie because you're smart, are thinking, well, that actually sounds kind of like crazy badass or interesting or cool. No, it's not. Because, I, I don't mean to jump ahead, folks, but I want, you to, I want you to go ahead and in your head revisit the scene in which it's basically the only scene in which, in which James McAvoy does any cool shooting, any kind of action sequence that's more than like a few seconds of him running on a train is this sequence at the end when he's raiding the uh, the, the fraternity's uh, castle. Can you fathom how dumb it must have looked to actually film? Because it's sped up to like two times for the movie. It, it is but something that like while it's happening, like while watching it, I'm like, oh, I get what they're trying to do is the idea yeah. that like he's so good at killing, he's shooting people in ways that are like making them throw their guns in the end and he's grabbing their guns as he runs out of ammo and you're like, Oh, that's kind He's of interesting. He's doing super hot. It's super yeah, hot. Yeah, it's super hot. If super hot was a side scroller, he just ran straight down. Uh, he's just running down a row of looms because they're in a textile factory. He's just running in a straight line. It's like, maybe just don't stand in front of him, guys. Or walk out in front of him and just start firing. He's running in a straight line. Just stand Eat directly in front of him and keep firing. I, I don't get behind him. <laughs> yeah, it was in, I was like, what yeah. the fuck? Why are you all just standing off to the side? It best you're gonna shoot each other when he runs by it was the, the most and it was like you could tell why they were filming it they were like this is gonna fucking blow people's minds but while watching i was just like this is so goddamn stupid and it's so long it's way too long like the fifth time he catches a gun in midair i'm like i don't care just please let something else happen at this point he also catches one upside down and fires with his pinky That's yeah cool, he right? does uh upsy downsy if you guys are Ups- fans <laughs> of uh brooklyn 99 <laughs> Yeah, upside downsy. He does. There is an upside downsy sequence in this movie. Um, great kill. Um, yeah, it was. I don't know that that yeah. scene is like one of the many that. There's so much in this movie that I just could not figure out what the fuck was the purpose. Like, all right, there's this bath that they go in. That the first two times he's in it, it's like a, like a wax bath. Like it's a man in like covered in wax. Then the next four times he gets in, it's just like a bath with ice cubes in it. It's like, wait, I thought they had to be completely covered up by this thing. Yeah, the whole thing was you're encased in this weird, like, healing wax. No, it turns out it just has to be cool water. And then later, they bring a guy who's, like, bleeding to death, and they're trying to, like, revive him. And I'm like, well, none of you apparently know how to stop bleeding, because they're just, like, looking at him bleeding to death. And they're pushing on his chest. It's like, okay, one of you needs to cover the wound, but two, why didn't you dip him in the water? Like, it would have extended his life by, like, minutes for you to try to bring him, like, to keep resuscitating him stitch him up something they mentioned that uh you can heal a cut like a deep cut like a a vicious wound in hours instead of weeks so if you dump a dude with a bullet hole in like i think you would at least maybe be able to keep him alive long enough to stabilize him they make no they just let him lay on a rock and bleed to death it was Uh, insane 
They're also giving him CPR while he's conscious. Did you notice yeah. that? They give him CPR, and then he turns over and says something to Wesley. And like, guys, that's not how CPR works. You don't give someone CPR while they're alive and awake. They have to be unconscious, and their heart has to have stopped. Otherwise, you're going to break their ribs. Here's here's a treatment that doesn't work for someone who's been shot in the chest. CPR. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't do While that. he's still conscious again, it was insane. I was like, "What do you, do you guys not understand basic? Anybody in the world would know. I guess we should at least cover the wound up to try to stop the." Bleeding. I mean, that's like that's like he's drowning. Push him in more water. Like I don't understand why you would do that. Also, it was very confusing why they couldn't have just dropped him off and left him at a hospital. They're not. Yeah. They're, nobody knows who these people are. They're hidden. Like just leave him there. The hospitals save him. When he gets better, you know, the police will investigate. I think that's... But that this whole scene is part of the problem because this movie is totally a fucking... Like, it, it is just an acid trip with how it decides to work itself. Because, like, like section by section, we get this introduction with this Matrix-like jumping between buildings yeah. shootout. I did and then put that this to... movie is a ripoff between Fight Club, The Matrix, and Crank. Well, that's the thing is we get, we get that sequence. Then we move right into Wesley's, as you put it, uh, like dollar store fight club and and then we move into like this sort of like semi-serious or then we move into this like fun wacky training montage and then we move into this like super serious thing where angela jolie's character is like my father was burned alive in front of me and like this person that uh wesley was uh, you know part of his fraternity he accidentally shoots him he dies and he's like i i, I am so like committed to my mistakes and i'm like oh this movie got like kind of grim dark all of a sudden and then but then you, you have all these weird little peppered sequences in there. Like when um, when uh, 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 Wesley smacks his friend with a keyboard and spells fuck you using keys and a tooth for the letter U. Wow, I did not even I, notice that. You missed that? Yeah, because yeah, I was just like, ugh, can this scene end? When he has his final freakout, Chris Pratt, who plays his shitty friend uh, uh, Barry, at, at some point he picks up, his, uh, James McAvoy picks up his ergonomic keyboard and rips it out of his desk and like storms out of the office but as he passes barry who i guess he i guess he knows is sleeping with his yes he, girlfriend. Me- he mentions at one point that he does know that he is his best friend sleeping with his girlfriend anyway um but he, he he walks up and he cracks him with the keyboard uh and it the the, the movie goes slow-mo so that the keys f-u-c-k appear then y-o but instead of a u it's one of chris pratt's teeth upside down to frame the u and then it kind of holds on screen for a minute it's dumb the whole yeah i think that might sum up the movie how dumb it is because there's like two they telegraph everything like at one point the guy he shoots he's called the exterminator because he's called the exterminator but appears to run the hospital so i don't know why the fuck that's his name you know i mean (laughs) like that wouldn't give me a lot of faith of the guy who's supposed to be putting me in this healing bath his name's the exterminator but he has a pet rat which he just blows up to show wesley that you can put bombs on rats and it was like okay he's like your dad loved this and the rat blows up it's like why did you kill the rat why couldn't you have just been like you can put c4 on a rat and let it run around and it'll blow up ha 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 and then he's like could you imagine what a thousand of those would do and you're like okay that's a weird statement that i'm sure never is going to come back up Chekhov's rat then as he's dying he says again a thousand it's like i got it we're gonna the climax of the movie is gonna be a thousand rats i you don't need to keep telling it to me it was such a weird like little thing to keep like forcing down your throat for no reason yeah it's i i it's it's 
it's it's hard to even explain i'm speechless how much this is this is frustrating me but um I, I will say, I mean, I, as I was saying earlier, with like the, the, the tonal jumps, is at one point we go to Prague for no reason, I guess to meet someone from the original fraternity who's just like a guy now or something. Uh, builds that's, bullets for that. That was it, a question, and that was like one of the many questions I had, which was like, oh, what exactly is the plot of this? <laughs> like, they go there, like, I we finally figured it out he used a traceable bullet. We now know where he's from. It's like, wait, how are the other bullets untraceable? Like, I don't, I don't understand. How is this one traceable? Some guy wrote his name on it? Like, just because you know who makes a similar type of bullet doesn't mean it was made by the exact... You know what I mean? Like, that's such a bizarre jump to be like, well, nobody else can make a splitting apart bullet, even though we know this other guy did. It's just very weird. And it, it, also, just, it, it just felt like they got Terrence Stamp, and they were like, ooh, we already cast also, Morgan Freeman. a quick rundown of what the writer of this movie, or director, or whoever, thinks chicago is like is that you board a train to go to work every day that checks out i do um that you can just surf the trains and that nobody would notice um yeah that's that's not the case at all you're literally People on that, top of a train that runs beside buildings sometimes sometimes some precocious youth try that and they either die or get caught um additionally if you shoot a gun from atop a train, I know it's Chicago, and we have some gun stuff that's not great here. Somebody will notice. If you fire a gun in downtown Chicago above a Qdoba, someone's going to fucking notice. It's the stupid... Because in the in the comic, the idea is that they run... These supervillains run the world. So even if cops would arrest you, the cops would either be somehow keyed in and unable to do anything about you because they realize that you're just basically skull and bones untouchable or that you just get murdered. They would just, you just shoot the cops or whatever. And this movie, there's no expectation that they're assassins. They're supposed to be unseen and unheard. Oh no, they're never unseen. They're never unheard. And the only thing that lets them survive is the fact that the Chicago police department is the laziest police department in the world. According, I to guess so at one point, because it's, there, there is a huge that's, car chase. I was gonna say, are you gonna get to the the fucking one of two car chases that are just this one, the first one with Angelina Jolie? She's driving a like a Lamborghini or like a Ferrari. They're the police have set up like a police barricade. A guy is chasing them. Uh, they're in the car. This car's like shot the shit. They they've been driving, firing shotgun. Which I don't know how she's not hitting this guy. She's firing a gun at a person who's driving again in a, a straight line. Everybody in this movie just moves in a straight line. She cannot hit this guy. He's not even trying to duck. She's like shooting into the window of this car, and he's just like. And standing he's driving there. like a food truck, by the way. Yeah, she's yeah. driving a Lamborghini. I don't understand. And what's he's happening. keeping up with them, no problem, just like real life. But she's driving, so they get there. She somehow jumps the car over the police, so the car spins, hits the ground. And starts driving away, and the cops are just like, I guess she Dang. got away. It's like, they're in a red sports car that is missing both its wheels, or like two of its wheels, its windshield, and is covered in bullet holes. I think you could find it again pretty quickly. But no, they're just, and it's not like they, the next shot is them like leaving it in a parking lot and getting into another car. They're literally just driving through downtown Chicago on the rims, because the wheels, the tires are gone, of this Lamborghini and it's like played as a joke, and she's like, I, "Why would the cops have stopped chasing them?" And and that happens, and then it's followed by like yeah, like eight sequences of of shooting atop trains, 
yeah. in one car chase, and then he decides to go to Prague, where where does where does this all take fucking culminate, Pogues? Where does on it culminate? Train. On a fucking train, yeah. man. Yeah, I t- I, just I, this movie is obsessed with trains for no reason. Like I cannot figure out why they were like so confusing. Every just, action sequence is on. Like, like yeah, there's like five. It's kind of like when we watched one of the Batman movies, and we were like, why are like eight of the nine fights in this movie take place with Batman in his car. Like, yeah. that was stunning. And this was stunning. I'm like, why is this assassin movie focused on trains? Because here is one place you don't want to be when you commit a murder. A train. <laughs> yes. It's not great. Also, it feels like a lot of collateral, lot of collateral damage. damage. Just a lot just of collateral, collateral damage. damage. And you're firing inside of a tube. feels like you're going to hit somebody you didn't mean to. It's, yeah. It's absurd. Uh... I keep saying it's absurd. I just realized I don't even have like, I don't even have like the English language anymore. I've lost it from having watched this film. I've lost control of it. I I think this may be a good time to point out somebody else who lost control of the English language. And that is McAvoy who is doing or whatever the fuck his name is. He is doing the worst American accent I have ever heard in an American film. Like usually if you watch British TV, whenever there's an American, they're like this cartoon version of them. They're always like, Jay Whaleger. You know, it's like they have like this bizarre accent. You're like, that's not how Americans sound. We just sound like ordinary people. Unless you're from like the deep south. He is doing, I don't know what the fuck. But every time he swears, it is so aggressively awkward. And it doesn't, like the car chase scene, he's just saying, oh fuck, oh shit, oh fuck, oh shit, oh, oh shit, shit, shit. Like that's in the scene is seven minutes long. And that's his only dialogue. He just keeps saying it over and it's absurd and he i mean it's so jarring whenever he talks because you're like why couldn't he have just been british like why couldn't you just said he was a british national yeah i mean just let him be british who gives a shit who watching this movie is gonna be like hold on a second um another thing that i found deeply confusing in this movie they, they try to pitch this idea that wesley's father has been following him his whole life and lives across the street from him and has been just sort of taking weird pictures of him. Mm-hmm. and But you don't understand why, because in the film, Cross is this weird guy who's been drawn as to be the villain until like a last-minute reveal before he dies that he's actually his father, and some indication that they were just using Wesley to kill his own dad. Um, which is like a weird twist, considering that they kind of still try to paint Angelina Jolie, who's complicit in that act, as some sort of like, still kind of a cool partner of his it's bewildering but um the idea is that somehow he what they don't explain is like why would his dad join a fraternity of assassins and then abandon his son only to dedicate his entire life to watching yeah it was very confusing because it seemed like he was always an assassin and like he had just fucked the lady and she got pregnant and then he like left you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was like, I assumed it was supposed to be like, he was always an assassin. And he just like, you know, yeah. in between downtime, he got this girl pregnant and whatever. And then he decided he didn't want to come back because he wanted the kid to grow up normal. But like, it's also like, he's watching his son who has a miserable life, who is in a relationship with a woman the dad has to know is cheating on him because he's like watching everything that happens in their apartment. Like, you're a shitty father. Like, I get that you're like, I didn't want him to be an assassin. But like, maybe just show up and be like, hey, I'm your dad. I left because, you know, something, make up a lie, and then try to mentor this kid into being, like, a good person. Instead of just being like, wow, his life sucks. Still better than being an assassin, question mark? <laughs> like, it was so absurd. And then they never, 
like it, it, another part that's very confusing is is like all right he's been living across from him watching him like his whole life but still does all these hits so he just leaves occasionally to go murder people and then finds out that he the this fraternity he's in is being manipulated by the guy who runs it and he like goes on the run but he goes on to the run to the place he lives like do they not know where he lives i feel like if you're the fraternity you know where all your assassins live roughly at least a block radius but he just appears to just hang out in this house and it's like i don't understand like and they they never explain like they make it seem like these assassins have money but it's like, where are they getting the money? Because like the the fake guy who gets killed, who's not really Wesley's dad, uh, they are like, we gave you all of his money. He has like three million dollars or four million dollars or something. And it's like, okay, where did he get the money? Because they're not that yeah. kind of assassin. They're not like a like you find out that that's how what's his name's doing it. Um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman's character, yeah. character is like basically like trying to control the world by assassinating who he thinks should be assassinated and i you know i I guess the assumption is that he's like people can pay him to have his like super assassins kill people but it's like they never explain how any of these other assassins would get money because the fraternal order is instructed by a magic loom so who's paying them to kill i mean like i couldn't figure out i was like wait where is all the money coming from the whole order is based on a loom. Like I when and I'm saying loom, like the thing that makes rugs. Yeah. Like it's a, a loom. Uh, it's a sweater machine and uh is how the yeah, the loom can't pay them. No one's giving supposedly no one's supposed to be giving any orders to the loom or through it. So there is no contracts. There's just there's it's, just it's, it's supposed to random be random chance. Yeah, it's, it's supposed, supposed to be, be fate. fate is telling who these people need. And it like the system this is what like the loom in and of itself is deeply upsetting because this is like one of the parts where the whole movie falls apart Not, and it's well, also no, the, the fo- movie it's, it's, falls apart from it's story. also the anchor of the movie and exists this was like watching monkey bone to discover that the original fucking comic was about a guy trying to get over his like cancer diagnosis and this this fucking book is about is yeah it's about like supervillains taking over the world and some character being a piece of shit and joining them but like this is about yeah it's about like a guy who's trying to find his father and his father is mad at a society that gets orders to kill people from a sweater device he's mad because they stopped listening to the loom that's what he's actually mad about not that they're a group of assassins that you're just murdering people based on a, a a piece of string he's mad they stopped listening to the string and that's it, like the movie starts and they're like there was a group of assassins blah 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 they were called the fraternity which i'm like why wow, you guys couldn't come up with a better name for this like you're just like what's it called when a group of guys are together that fraternity good enough uh but then like the thing that got me was like so they they set up this loom and they're like they go into this room and this loom appears to always be running it's just so always I, creating fabric so they go into the loom room is that right yes the loom room i hate okay, you yeah and um they go into the loom room. They get a broom because they got to sweep. Uh, no, but they they go in there, and he puts like a little box on the loom, and there's a code, binary code. Because in the Middle Ages, they found out the loom was speaking a language, which that alone made me say "fuck you" out loud while watching this movie by myself. <laughs> but these monks figure it out, and the loom uses binary code, which I don't know how the monks figured out binary code, which wasn't a thing 
in the medieval times, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, they figure out this code, and it's supposed to tell you who to kill. Now, the loom's constantly going, so how do you know when to where to start and stop to, like, get the name? Because it's just like a little box. It's like a six-by-four box that he lays over, and that's how he gets the name. And then he cuts it out of the the loom. But it's like, isn't all of the material full of names of people who should... Like, they never explained it. And then they were like, well, he was just making up his own things. It's like, I think everyone was just making up their own yeah. things. It's a goddamn loom. It can't tell you to kill anyone. I think your whole order has always been a lie. You fucking you- morons. Can you imagine what the first guy was like? Who was like, "Hey, hey, um, hey, Ar- uh, hey, Arthas, Like, I, I was, I was looking at the fabric, and I think the machine's a little fucked up because a couple of these stitches, you know, like one of them kind of looped under instead of over, so it's like it's a little weaker there. So we gotta, we, we gotta fix that if we want to fix. By the way, what if we assigned each of these stitches to a letter, and then when the letters all spelled it out, we arranged them into a name, and then murder that guy? <laughs> Why? I assume the loom is telling us to. Why is a loom... And it's also like the How? loom they're using is like a loom that a person would have. Like, it's supposed to be like, if it's a middle-aged loom, they weren't automatic back then. You didn't flip a switch and they just loom. Like, somebody had to stand there and, like, work the loom. But this one or just feed, works on its own? It. Yeah. It, and that's I, what I mean. Is It was like this weird story point that they put in to be like, fate is instructing them. But it's like, I, I the whole time I was like, is anyone instructing them? Or is it like the whole thing was always just like a scheme? Like, these guys have literally just been killing whoever they want for, since, you know, the that Middle Ages. That would have been a cooler reveal. It's just if they were like, yeah, we like, yeah, the, the main guy is like, yeah, whoever becomes the leader is told the truth. That the loom doesn't mean jack shit. It's just a loom. This is fucking stupid. You know how yeah, dumb I it want, would I want, be to take advice from a loom? <laughs> I want Morgan Freeman to be like, yeah, I'm not an idiot. Like, <laughs> it's like that's like d- divining your life from, like, a spider's web. What are you, fucking stupid? Like, and it's like, he's the only one who can do it. So it's like, yeah, I just assumed that the loom was just a thing that they made up. And that's how he gets, that's how he tricks all these people with, like, which would have been way interesting, way more interesting than what appears to be a loom that, like, and then, like, the ending makes no sense is the loom is real. And it is mentioned that all of them should be killed. But it's like, wait, if the loom is instructing that some people should be murdered to better the world and it needs a group of assassins why would it tell why why would they need to kill the assassins they're not doing anything they're only doing what they're told by the loom so like the whole plot makes no sense like the loom's like all right i need you to go kill these eight people oh my god that dude just killed eight people we need to kill him now it's like what he only did it because you told him you're literally like all these people are supposed to die because they listened to the loom it makes no sense even if we trust the loom in this scenario, it's, it's all of the, the, the fraternity brothers and sisters are standing there in this weird circular library that doesn't need to exist. And Morgan Freeman is revealed to have been falsifying the loom records. And his response to get everyone back on his side is to show them that they came up. But he's just now said, I'm a liar. So why would anyone be like, yeah. oh... There's there's zero reason to trust anything he says, and it's also and it's, like insane. And he's, he, he's not showing them pieces of the fabric that say "Look, your name." He's showing you these little fucking character sheets he printed out and then put their name on it. Yeah, like it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and what got me was the uh, comments just instantly like, "Well, fuck the code." It's like, wait, 
you guys have literally built your you've given up your lives all of you appear to live in this weird castle facility you go out on these hits you don't have like real lives you've given up everything to be part of this order why would you instantly be like nah fuck the loom man it's like wouldn't you be like oh my god this is a huge crisis of faith for me not just like instantly be like no nope, never mind let's it's fuck this loom. yeah it's like you've it's built your you entire have. yeah i mean it was just insane and then to keep angelina jolie as i guess the only good guy she curves a bullet around this circular room and lets it kill her too which was like a weird i don't know and like i said the ending was just so blah like it ends and you're like oh and then he runs to go find morgan freeman and morgan freeman's just gone and the loom is like exploded and you're just like oh and then there's this fight club wrap-up which i don't even know how to describe yeah, he describes like, uh, well, it's over. I guess I'm just gonna go back to being, you know, I don't need money anymore. Like, I'm just gonna have to go back to being a regular Joe. And he seems to have gotten a different office job because he did, it. in fact, assault a man at his last one. Um, and 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 it implies that he's, oh, I've given up control. I'm just sort of like working in this shitty life. And it's like, it's like fucking. It, it's 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 as if they got this thread for the movie, this theme from like someone's like philosophy 101 college paper. Where they're just like fucking working in an office, my man. It's 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 fucking slavery. Uh, it's it's an absolute goddamn joke. Oh, it is but, so poorly written. It is like to even say a college paper. It's like a high school paper where like yeah. a kid's like, I figured it out, man. Having a nine to five. That's what that's what real death is. The real way to live is to fucking murder people you read in fabric. That's what I'm trying to tell you today with this movie. Also, it just says Joe Smith. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of Joe Smith's fabric. I, I need a lot more to go on here. I need at least an if address. If there's any message I can impart to you today is try and read the, th- the threads of your cardigan, and if you think you can discern a name, go murder that guy, you stupid sheep. <laughs> like, uh, but, but Pose, you, you texted me initially, as I said at the top of the episode, um, because you were mad at the final line. Do you recall the final line of the, of the movie? Uh, he... Yeah, after he's talking about, like, this is me giving up, Morgan Freeman shows up to kill him, and he says, but this isn't me or something. And this guy turns around, it's this other guy who I assume was, like, McElroy's, like, stand-in for lighting. And uh, he shoots him from really far away, and he's like, this is me, like, taking control. This is me doing something with my life, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what the fuck have you done recently? And that's how the movie ended. And I was so mad. Because I wanted to be like, you know what I just did? I watched a garbage shit sandwich that thought it was deep for being like, I'm murdering people. Because I'm a fucking garbage shit movie. I was so mad. Um, I'm going to read to you the final words of the comic, uh, which have a different ending that might be worse. Uh, I'm sorry. Did I say might? Uh, Scratch that. Edit that out of the podcast. I I mean, are worse. I just can't picture a worse ending. So after telling you, uh, I'm just going to read this section right here. So now you know what happened to the superheroes, and you know the funny thing. You know what makes me laugh now I'm on the other side. You're just going to close this book and buy something else to fill that big empty void we've created in your life. This is my face while I'm fucking you in the ass. Ugh, never mind, you were right. <laughs> god damn it, you and I hate Mike Miller or Mark Miller or whatever the fuck his name is now. I just, yeah. Oh my god, and- that's... What does and that the last even frame, mean? the last frame is a full frame uh, splash of this Eminem looking character making like a weird yelling face, and I guess it's his fucking you in the ass face. I guess. 
Um, what the fuck, man? It's so stupid. So, I also, think it's so. What kind of writers like, I'm going to make fun of people for reading my work? It's like, douchebag. Ah, God. I, I, I hate this guy. <laughs> I legitimately am angry. If I owned a Mark Millar comic, I would throw it away, but I don't. Well, Pokes, I think I kind of want to stop talking about this movie as, as fast as we can. What? You, you don't want to. Do you have any. You don't have any notes we didn't get to? Uh, just things like, hey, comment, your pistol doesn't need an eight-time scope, you fucking idiot. I wrote that at some point. Yeah, I wrote, what if he would have just shot you in the head, which was the moment when Angelina Jolie stands and he's, like, supposed to curve the bullet? I'm like, what I if wrote, he had failed? He would have just shot you in the head. I wrote, no, fuck you, movie. Uh, I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I think I was working out something right there. Could have been right at any there. point, really, in the film. <laughs> I also put down, uh, in, in, you made a reference to the guy in the beginning doing, like, a really bad Marlon Brando. Uh, the fat butcher guy is doing a terrible Scarface when they first meet him. He's like, yep. oh, you got to be cut true. with the knife. It's just really bad. Um, some advice to other villains. Don't, if you see a bomb ticking down... Don't wait the full 10 seconds to watch it get to zero before throwing it. Yep. Just a, just a small tip. Um, I, I wrote in all caps, Dear God, James McAvoy, don't sit on couches in an alley. Look, I live in Chicago. Don't sit on couches found in alleys. Oh, yeah. You got bed bugs, semen, poop, every bodily fluid is, is on your What the fuck is wrong with you? Also, it doesn't seem... It doesn't seem like anyone in this movie lived in Chicago before the scene began. Because in the intro, like, a train rolls past his, uh, his, his like, apartment window. And his girlfriend sits up and yells at him, like, ah, what was that? I'm like, you live here. Like, you yeah, must it, know It has to happen seven or eight times a day. <laughs> it's, a, it's a line. The train always goes this way. It's not a road. Uh, in reference to that guy you talked about who was holding the rat, I also enjoyed that they're, like, this elite fraternity of gun assassins. And uh, he has one gun that had five bullets in it and then doesn't have any more bullets with him. He has, They're just loose in yeah. a drawer. And when he opens the drawer, they shoot out as if they're spring-loaded and just go everywhere. I was like, I'm, were those bullets just, like, caged, ready to leave? It was ridiculous. Uh, that's the that's the, uh, was the repairman? I don't know yeah. what it's... I Which, guess he repairs... Uh, I repair uh, people. What do you say? Trains? I repair people. <laughs> no, he said, I repair people from bad habits or something. And it's like, okay. all you do is punch people. You don't impart any wisdom. You're just a douchebag. Also, um, I did check the IMDb to remember the name of all their dumb fucking, like, like pseudo-assassin names. And I noticed someone named the pharmacist, and I was like, I don't remember a character named the pharmacist. And then I realized pharmacist. that he's the pharmacist from the scene where they're in the, <laughs> in the Walgreens. <laughs> yeah, that's a classic bit. Uh, here's uh, here's all- just a, 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 one of the taglines for the movie. Uh, brutal sexy built to thrill this movie is none of those also their world her rules his destiny don't know what that means don't know what that means i watch this movie don't know what that means ah it is it's real bad oh also i put that the only thing that could make this movie worse is having to listen to the soundtrack while it's on (laughs) because it was like i I, we skipped over it and it's hard to put into into definitive words but it's it's so bad it makes creed look good yeah, it's it's as if like, yeah, it's sort of like a real like it's a it's like a it's like a movie came out in like '99 trying to do the Matrix, but then actually came out like 12 years after that. Yeah, and then didn't buy a song from a named art. It's like it it's like <laughs> as if they wanted to get a Lincoln Park song, and Lincoln Park even was like, I don't think oh, so. Oh boy! Oh god! Although that's that probably a... was Lincoln Park. <laughs> that's 
Lincoln Dog Park. Boom. Um, didn't really nail that one. <laughs> no, I didn't nail that one at all. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm done with this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this book out. I think I'm done. I Yeah, I, I this is... I'm, I'm going to guess you wouldn't recommend people watch this. No, I mean, if anything, if anything, if, if, if you can get past a couple inappropriate uses of the word faggot repeatedly the comic has way more meat and of, of interest it's still dumb but it has something to give you the movie has nothing to give you the movie is only takes like, the, mo- the movie only yeah only takes and only shows you a bunch of train sequences and angelina jolie like just staring blankly and right into the lens this is oh, all, yeah. all you're gonna get out of this movie she looks confused a lot in this movie. Like she's like, "Huh? What? Oh, we were filming." She, she uh, brought eight eight percent to this movie. Yeah, I feel 8%. like no. I feel like the first day of filming, everybody tried, and then they were like, "Oh my god, this is so dumb! I can't believe I agreed to be in this movie." Uh, yeah. I would not recommend seeing this movie. This is. I there's times we watch movies and I, I'm like, these are really bad. I was really bored. I I didn't like watching them. It annoyed me. I was legitimately mad after I finished watching this movie. Like, I was really mad that I was like, I can't believe somebody made this movie. It, it's very agitating <laughs> that someone was given millions of dollars to produce this shitstorm. So, don't watch it is my recommendation, in case that wasn't clear. I agree. Don't watch it. Uh, so, come back next week. We'll have a mini episode. If you have any comments or suggestions for films you'd like to see us do, hop over to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, NAOS pod is our name on everything uh, I'll try to put a link up I forgot to do it for the last movie for this film on Facebook so if you have any comments you can leave them there suggest a movie you'd like to see us do and then until next week and I guess just end this episode and listen to a different podcast you stupid fucking sheep that was my Mark Miller outro would you like that?